Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. So sorry about last week again. <laughs> that was my fault. I ran off the road because the roads were freaking icy. Um, so, yeah, I didn't want to drive. Mm, I don't blame you. Anyway. I have some kiddos that have questionable intelligence. These are stories from their parents. Start off with. Told my kid that carrots help you see in the dark. He then went into the basement with a carrot and started waving it around like a flashlight. (laughs) (laughs) Aw. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. When my youngest son, who was 10 at the time, was getting his ears checked at the pediatrician, they found a foreign object in his left ear. Said object was a dead housefly, because he thought sticking a fly in his ear would give him flying powers. Oh my god. He had caught it and shoved it in there alive about a week prior. Ew! Oh my god. I wonder how much noise it was making. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> horrifying. Next one, when I asked my 14-year-old if she could get me a piece of cake, she cut it, forgot why, then ate it. Uh. <laughs> Teenagers. <laughs> one day after school, my brother and I met up with my dad. He worked at the school and the janitor and began walking to the parking lot. We passed the elementary building and the janitor lets out a huge sigh. No. Let's out a huge sign about some punk writing their name on the facade. My dad looks over and said, it's the same name as my kid, but at least his name is spelled differently since it's a C. There's a C in it. Loud gasp. My brother. I forgot the C. He was not the sharpest tool in the shed. Did that make any sense? No, to you? it did not. Okay. They were walking out to the parking lot with the janitor past the elementary building the and the janitor lets out a huge sign about some punk writing their oh i mean maybe he was um maybe that's a typo mm. maybe it's not a huge sign sigh i don't know uh, anyway next one okay my son spent 18 months of his teenage years telling people he was born in brazil he was born in bristol <laughs> My dad's moment was when he, when I made him drive around with me because my car had uh, been making a thunk noise every time I made a turn. After 15 minutes, he announced it was my baseball bat in my trunk rolling around. <laughs> <laughs> Three-year-old is preparing for his bath. His underwear looks strange, but I'm distracted with his brother. Kid takes off one pair of underwear, then a second, then a third. <laughs> I asked him why he was wearing three pairs of underwear. Kid looks at me like I'm an idiot. Mom told me to put clean underwear on every day. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Next one, I'm the idiot kid. When I was about three, after preparing dinner, my mom would leave me alone in the kitchen. After I finished, I would search for some M&Ms to nibble at, knowing I wasn't allowed. Every time after I finished, I would go over to my mom and ask her, did you hear me eating M&M's in the kitchen? She would always reply yes, and I would always get so frustrated because every time I tried to be stealthy. I never realized that uh, what blew my cover until, that was what blew my cover until I was older. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear me doing that thing I'm not supposed to be doing? (laughs) Because I wasn't doing that. (laughs) I promise. I was being stealthy. I don't think he's an idiot, but I think he lacks common sense because he'll take a bite of food with it being scalding hot. He'll cry and act like he's dying, but won't spit it out. He'll say, Mommy, it's hot, and I'll say, Well, I told you to wait till it's cooled down, or then blow on it, or something to that effect. He'll say no, and then continue taking hot, scalding bites and crying that it's too hot. <laughs> <sighs> My 13-year-old son was sniffing really hard and moving his head all around the area he was standing in. Slightly concerned that he had lost his mind, I asked him what he was doing. He told me, I farted. I'm trying to smell it all up so you don't have to smell it. Oh, my gosh. He's a thoughtful idiot. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like it's all going to go up his nose and go away. <laughs> Nobody for any, none for anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was getting that off the cartoons. You know when you see yeah. the... <laughs> I need a jacket for my legs, said by my 13-year-old who does not know what pants are. <laughs> my brother couldn't remember the proper name for shoes, so he called them foothouses. <laughs> Mom confirmed that day that at least one of her teenage children was a bit doughy on top. <laughs> he was a teenager? <laughs> oh my gosh. Foothouses. Now, it doesn't say how old he was. He just says my brother. So, mm. uh, When one of my daughters tries to insult the other by telling her how ugly she is, they're identical twins. <laughs> <laughs> my son came to our house to visit. He didn't live with us. We weren't home, but, but we were on our way home, so, left, so he let himself in. We walk in, and he's freaking out about breaking our newly adopted cat or something to that effect. I asked him what she was doing, and she looked fine to me. He said she was vibrating when she sat on his lap. Oh, my gosh. This is where he learned the cat's purred. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) When my son was 11 years old, he confidently informed me that he was pretty sure he knew everything there was to know because he tried to think of something that he didn't know, and he couldn't think of anything. (laughs) (laughs) I've got myself one of those smart idiots. 4.0 middle schooler cannot operate a door, buckle, lock, or latch, even if she's seen it done before. Has twice caught the microwave on fire trying to make popcorn. We're not even sure how. I don't think she could find her way to her friend's house around three corners if her life depended on it. Hopefully she will find some sort of job near her house that requires deductive reasoning, but maybe doesn't have its own office with a key. Anyway, and my last one, his car battery died while he was parked at a storage unit while he was home on leave from the army. Come to find out, he had turned his car off to save gas, but had left the heat blowers and seat warmers on so his girlfriend wouldn't get cold. What? He turned the, the car off. Like, it was just on the on position, so, like, stuff could still be uh-huh. on, so his girlfriend wouldn't get cold. Oh. <laughs> but his car died. Because... <laughs> All right. So, this week, I am reading some stories from a book called Strange Intruders that is written by David Weatherly. The first story is called The Carolina Grinning Man. Ooh, Creepy. I do not like that. No. I've seen the grinning man. It almost sounds like a silly statement, bringing to mind the image of a man with a large grin, perhaps a bit goofy and certainly not malevolent. But sometimes it's the most subtle things that are the creepiest. You see, the version of the grinning man I saw was not some fellow with a simple, silly smile on his face. No, this was a very strange character, certainly out of place and somehow quite, quite disturbing. The encounter occurred in the 1980s in a rural part of North Carolina. I was in the passenger seat of a car being driven by a friend, Tom. I'd known Tom for a number of years, and we frequently took trips and explored back roads around the area. Tom often stated he believed I was a magnet for weird events and that he took a chance hanging out with me so much. His assertions were proven late one afternoon as we drove along a winding road lined with trees on both sides. There was... Only an occasional farm along this route, and it was a pleasant drive. We cruised along at a fairly moderate pace, maybe 45 miles an hour, not really in any hurry. As we rounded one curve, the road headed into a long curve in the opposite direction. Looking ahead, I saw someone standing on the right side of the road just ahead. I focused on the figure, thinking something looked a bit odd, and as we got closer, I realized the man was wearing a long coat and hat. It was late summer, and even and even the evenings were warm that time of year. Why was this man wearing a coat? I motioned to Tom and asked him if he saw the man. He shook his head in an affirmative reply, transfixed on the figure. The car seemed to slow down as we approached the stranger. I wasn't sure if Tom was actually letting 
off the gas or something else was happening. Later, he would have no clear memory as to whether or not he was lifting his foot from the gas pedal or if something else caused the slow motion effect. As the car approached the figure, he came clearly into focus. He was wearing a long, old-fashioned coat and a formal hat. The hat was cut like a top hat, but didn't seem quite as tall. His right hand was gloved, and he held it up, just under his chin. It looked as if he was rubbing his thumb and fingers together. His left arm hung down behind his back. The entire ensemble looked rather Victorian, except visible under the coat was a large shiny belt. The oddest thing, however, was his expression. He was grinning, a wide, leering grin, impossibly large. It distorted his face and reminded me in that moment of the Joker, the Batman's crazed villain always depicted with a grinning face. Everything seemed to move in slow motion as we drifted past the strange tall man. His gaze followed us as we rolled by him. We almost came to a complete stop. I felt a chill as if as if we had just crossed over the path of something wholly unnatural. I turned around, peering through the back window to get another look at the figure. He was there, standing in the road now, looking towards our car, but as quick as I had turned around, I hadn't seen him move to his new position. It seemed impossible and added to the creepiness of the whole affair. I turned to Tom, who was looking in the rearview mirror, white as a sheet and eyes wide in disbelief. Turning back, I saw the grinning figure still standing in the road, staring at us with his hideous smile. I watched for a moment, then we rounded another curve and I lost sight of him. The car seemed to speed up quickly and I thought that Tom had slammed the gas pedal down. I immediately asked him to stop and go back. He, of course, expressed the opinion that I was crazy, and there was no way he was stopping, let alone going back to the spot where the crazy guy was standing. Why would you want to go back? <laughs> <laughs> He's probably some psycho who watched Friday the 13th too many times, Tom asserted. I didn't think that was the case. We were in an area with few houses, and we hadn't seen any other vehicles parked along the road. Not that there was any place to really pull over anyway. Tom, there was something unnatural about that character. I want to get another look at him. You're damn right he was unnatural. He's some psycho. <laughs> I debate. The debate raged for a couple of miles before I could conv- convince Tom to turn around and at least go back to the bend in the road. We'll go just around the bend and see if he's still standing in the road or if he's waiting for another car to come, I plead. Tom reluctantly agreed to the plan and we made a U-turn in the road heading back to the location we'd last seen the grinning man. Rounding the bend slowly, we scanned the road ahead. There was nothing there. Tom completely stopped the car in the middle of the road and just sat there within sight of the spot where we had seen the figure. I jumped out of the car to Tom's loud protests and ran up to the spot where the figure had stood. I was more curious than concerned and I was confident that Tom would not leave me stranded despite his aggravation over my actions. I searched the area where the grinning man had stood. There was no sign of a vehicle anywhere, nowhere someone could have pulled off and parked, no hidden driveways. There was, in fact, very little room on the side of the road in this location. There was a deep ditch very close to the road, and the tree line started directly on the other side of the ditch. There was, a, there was room for someone to stand here and there, and I found the spot where we had seen the figure. There weren't any visible footprints, but the heavy grass did look as though someone had recently stood in it. The odd thing in the area was a strange smell. It was electrical in nature, as though a transformer or something like it had been burning. There were no power lines here, however, and I couldn't find anything to explain the odor. Tom had pulled the car up, yelling out the window and insisting he would leave me there if I didn't get back in the car so we could leave. I complied after a moment, glancing once more up and down in each direction in one last search for the odd grinning man. There was nothing. As soon as I climbed in the car, Tom made another quick U-turn and we sped off. In my friend's mind, the entire incident simply reaffirmed his belief strange things happened whenever he spent too much time around me. I was left wondering about what exactly we had seen. Clearly, someone had stood in the grass where we had seen the grinning figure Yet there was no route the man could have taken to get away from the area quickly. I vowed to return to the area myself and investigate further. I also resolved to myself I would have to start hanging out with people who were just as curious about the unknown as I was. Later that night, a couple of odd events added to the mystery of the day. 
Just before nine o'clock, flashes of lightning began to fill the sky. Clearly, a storm was moving in. About an hour later, Tom called to tell me the house next to his got struck by lightning and had caught fire. Tom was actually outside getting his dog in out of the weather when it happened. Sparks shot up everywhere, he reported. The roof of the house started burning. Fortunately, no one was injured and the fire department was able to get the flames out before extensive damage was done. It was an unusual event and I was immediately reminded of the electrical burning smell that had been in the area around the grinning man. Was he an omen of the event that occurred last night? Some may consider such things mere coincidence, but synchronicities like these often fall into place in the aftermath of encounters with paranormal figures. The night got even more interesting when a half hour after Tom's call, another friend friend rang me to report his sister and mother had just sighted a UFO. The family lived about five miles from Tom, and I learned the sighting had taken place about the same time Tom witnessed the lightning strike on his neighbor's home. At this point, the rain was fairly heavy, but despite the nasty weather, I drove to the location on the off chance something else would happen. Sadly, there were no other anomalous incidents in the area that night. Asking around the next day, I discovered another couple had witnessed strange lights in the sky the previous night. All four people who sighted the UFO reported the same thing. A bright light low in the sky that shimmered and pulsed. Initially, the light was white and changed color to amber, then to blue, white, and then back to white. On a number of occasions, I returned to the location where Tom and I had seen the grinning man. My propensity to investigate strange sightings and events was fueled by my desire to decipher what had happened. The closest house to the spot of the sighting was several miles away. Carefully, I asked around the area, trying to root out other sightings or strange events. Not always an easy task in the country. In the country, Obviously, I couldn't try knocking at the door of a random farmhouse to ask if they'd seen any strange characters about. The riddle remained, who was the grinning man? Why did he appear and where did he go? And there's never been an answer that completely satisfied the mystery for me. There was scant information available on grinning men at the time. I read again John Keel's accounts as well as the few other related things I could find. Opinions as to the figure's origin were divided. Many thought he was some type of alien. Some believed he was a cryptid or perhaps a ghost. The most amusing input I received came from a contractor or a contactee who assured me the grinning man was simply a friendly space brother. Great opinion, but friendliness was the last thing that radiated from the chap that I saw on that lonely back road. That was unsettling. And I don't I don't see So the burning smell is kind of weird. Mhm. But I thought that probably had more to do with like energy. You know, yeah. since there was nothing around that would actually s- smell like that. Yeah. But that like I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that the neighbor's house got struck No, lighting. I don't I don't think so either. It was odd that they saw a UFO someone saw a UFO the same night. Yeah. I mean, but did that have anything to do with the man that they saw? Uh, if he, Unless he's an alien. Yeah. I, I was, mean... I was thinking, wouldn't it be funny if she walked up and like some weird guy was laying in that ditch? <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to scare people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boo! <laughs> He'd be like, oh, I didn't expect you to come back. <laughs> That's unsettling, though. Like, fucking freaky. And I wonder why it seemed... I wonder if the car actually slowed down or if it just seemed like it slowed down. That was another weird thing. Yeah. Because if that guy was as scared as they made it sound like, he was not slowing down. Yeah, you would think he would be stepping on the gas. Yeah. That's crazy. It was almost like he couldn't. Yeah. Or it just seemed like it was slowing down or something weird. I don't know. My next one is... um, It's a chapter called Hiding in Human Form. Ooh. Robert told me about a strange experience he had while living in the Hawaiian Islands. I have to tell somebody about this. I've held it, I've held it in for too long. What I'm about to tell you is the absolute truth. God knows. Today I live in the, on the West Coast, but in the 1980s I was living in Hawaii. Trying to take it easy after some intense years and a lot of travel. The Hawaiian Islands are beautiful and I was living in a sparsely populated valley. Not long after moving there, I met a couple named Tom and Anne. 
They lived on the other side of the river from me, so either I would have to walk down to the bridge and walk up the road to their property, or I had to go across the river. Nevertheless, it was in the jungle and there were no street lights. We used flashlights or lighters to walk through it at night. Tom and Ann seemed to be nice people, very hospitable, and Tom was a musician who played guitar and wrote songs, so we got along well. He also had a vast knowledge of plants and had the most beautiful garden I had ever seen. Ann was a wonderful cook. I went over there daily and we became good friends. I did find it weird that they hardly had any other friends or visitors, and Tom always acted like they were hiding from someone or something. They definitely had a strange side to them, but I didn't pry. One night, after I had already lived there for several months, I was over at their house as usual, sitting at the table enjoying food and conversation. I was eating, looking down at my plate. Tom and Anne were saying something when all of a sudden, like a switch went off, they stopped talking in mid-sentence. I looked up from my plate across the table at Tom sitting and Anne standing next to him, and I saw them there as if frozen in time. Their mouths were wide open with their eyes and their mouths completely black. And I don't mean normal black. I mean a deep, empty black. Blacker than a black you've ever seen in your life. Almost like another dimensional black. Their mouths as black as their eyes. You could feel the black, if that makes any sense. I was immediately struck with a sense of fear. As I stood up and looked at them, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I wasn't high. I wasn't drinking. I was just seeing something that I couldn't understand. I sat back down, contemplating running through the dark jungle full of fear to get home, when everything returned to normal, like a light switch turned back on. It was as if nothing had happened at all. The whole episode lasted about 15 seconds, maybe longer. I was in shock, so I got a good chance to make sure that I was seeing what what really was. So I got a good chance to make sure what I was seeing was really what I was seeing. After everything returned to normal, I was left with an extreme fear and the overwhelming sense that I needed to get out of there. Tom and Anne asked what was wrong, and I said, I'm sorry, I just have to go. I I have to leave. I have to go. It would prove to be a long, scary walk back home through the jungle. I did not go over there for weeks after that and only saw them occasionally. I never told them what I saw. How could I? Even until this day, I've hardly told anyone. The overwhelming sense I had during the episode was extreme fear of being in the presence of evil. Recently, Robert has been trying to put the pieces together and understand, or at least come to terms with what he witnessed. Since his encounter in the 1980s, Robert has been haunted by the experience. It still scares the hell hell out of me when I think about it, he reports. Something is going on. This is real. Not long after his weird experience, Robert left Hawaii. Strangely enough, he found he suddenly developed an extreme fear of heights. He also began to experience panic attacks while driving. Is this connected to his encounter with the two strange people? Did the extreme fear Robert felt when peering into the black void somehow stay with him? That is crazy. That is creepy. What the fuck? Like, are they aliens? Like, pretending... But why would they like, it, like freeze? I I mean I don't know. And then they have, and then their eyes and mouth are all black. Is that demons? I don't know. Like something in human clothing. I don't. I mean, it obviously, sounded like they were hiding because it's you know they were. It sounded like the guy was a little paranoid and they didn't have many friends and. That's creepy. Something weird was going on. Yeah just don't know what it Ooh, was and the panic attacks afterwards and a sudden fear of heights yeah that's weird that? what does that have to do with anything maybe maybe they were aliens and they took him up to the ship and he didn't remember maybe huh weird that was unsettling too yeah definitely b-e-k on the balcony oh my god i love it <laughs> Sandra encountered a black-eyed kid while working in Florida. This particular child didn't show up at the front door, however. Rather, he took a more unconventional approach to try to gain entry into her apartment. Sandra recounts her experience. I was living in an apartment in Miami, Florida area. 
I was doing a short-term project for a company in the city, and they had rented me an executive apartment close to their corporate offices. It was a nice place, on the third floor as I had requested. The complex was secured and gated, and they had their own security. The apartment was one bedroom, fully furnished, and had a nice balcony off the living room. After several months, I had settled in and felt very secure. I was working long hours trying to wrap up the project I had been hired for. As a result, I would often come home in the late afternoon, grab a bite to eat, and a couple of hours of sleep. After resting, I would put in a few hours doing computer work at my apartment. I'll never forget what happened to me one Thursday afternoon. I had gone back to my apartment and was too tired to even make something to eat. I laid down on the couch and after a few minutes, I was out to the world. I believed I slept for about two hours when something woke me up. I had a strange feeling when I woke, and I thought that I had heard a noise in my apartment. I just laid there on the couch, trying to wake up the rest of the way. I had my eyes open, and I was looking around. I could see the clock on the wall, and it was just after five. It was summer, and there was still plenty of light outside and coming through the windows. After a moment, I realized what had caused me to wake up. Someone was knocking on the door. I kept laying there, though, because the knock didn't sound quite right. I sat up on the couch, fully awake, and listened to the knocking. I suddenly realized that the knocking was coming from behind me. My front door was across the room in front of me. The only thing behind me was the set of glass doors that led out to the balcony. On the third floor? Yes. Oh, my God. I sat there frozen, still looking at the front door. I realized that the knock sounded funny because someone was knocking on the glass. I suddenly felt really afraid and turned to look at the doors. Standing at my balcony door was a boy. He was about 12 or 13 years old. His face seemed pale and his eyes were solid black. He was knocking on the glass and staring at me. It oh scared God. the hell out of me. Yeah. I ran to the bedroom and called building security. It only took a couple of minutes for the security guy to knock on the front door and announce himself. I didn't even look towards the glass doors again until I had the security officer in. He told me that he'd looked around outside and didn't see anyone around. I told him again what had happened, leaving out the part about the black eyes. He went out on the balcony and looked around. He seemed like he didn't believe me because he said no one could get down that fast and he had been on the ground level right outside when I called. He assured me that everything was fine and that he'd look around again. I've never been able to get the image of that kid out of my head. Those black eyes were so disturbing. Did he climb up to my third store balcony? Was he going to break in? How did he get down so quickly without the security guard seeing him? These questions and others have bothered me since that day. I didn't spend much time in the apartment after the incident, but I never saw the kid again. A few months ago, my sister told me about what are called the black-eyed kids, and I believe that's what I saw. Was Sandra merely imagining things? Was she not as completely conscious as she thought she was? Or was she so exhausted and stressed from work that it created a delusion? These would be common arguments for those anxious to dis discount BEK encounters. For her part, Sandra is convinced the child was a real physical being. Furthermore, concern about the sighting caused her to consult a physician following the incident, and she received a clean bill of health. Sandra was never completely comfortable in the apartment after the encounter, and she tried to spend as little time there as possible until her contract was complete. She never slept on the couch again, but only in her bed with the bedroom door locked. <laughs> I don't blame her for that. Me neither. That's creepy. And I could see maybe, you know, stress might cause something like that, but why, why that? You know, yeah, for, and especially someone that didn't know anything about yeah. black-eyed kids, and it woke her up because someone was knocking. Yeah, and she she gets up and walks to her room to call yeah. security yeah. right away. So it's not like she was dreaming. That is so creepy. And he wasn't breaking in. I think he would he wouldn't have been knocking if he was trying to break in. It's just one of those weird black-eyed kids that want to come in. Yeah. Those stories are so weird. I kind of wish she would have talked to him. I know. It's like, what did he want? Yeah. He wanted to come in. I guarantee that's what he wanted. Ugh. Can I use your phone? That's it's so On the creepy. third floor. On the third floor. Where the fuck did he go? How did he get up there? Oh, my God. <laughs> 
so creepy. All right. And my last one is called, Is It Food Time? Ooh. <laughs> I've received a lot of accounts of black-eyed children from the state of Texas, and by far one of the creepiest accounts in my files comes from the Lone Star State. It's always interesting to find accounts of paranormal activity that include the reaction of an animal. Mm. Yeah. Since they have a different level of perception than humans, it's beneficial to note how animals respond to various manifestations, whether in a positive or negative manner. It's well known that animals have detected earthquakes and other natural phenomena. Perhaps their sensitivity can aid us in understanding the paranormal. I've only heard of a few encounters with black-eyed beings wherein an animal had been present. The first account I received was from a man in Texas who encountered a black-eyed kid in his yard. The man's pet, Pitbull, quickly arrived on the scene and the results were stunning. Oh my god. Chuck lives west of Dallas. Wait. Chuck lives west of the Dallas, Texas metro area. He encountered a BK in his front yard after returning from the supermarket early one evening in April 2012. I had run up to the store to get a few things that my wife asked for. I was only gone about a half an hour. I pulled my truck up into the driveway, got the two bags, and headed for the front door. There wasn't anyone around, I'd swear. We have a small set of steps that go up to the front door. I had the two bags in one hand, and I opened the front door with the other. We're pretty far out from the city and sometimes don't lock the doors if we're just running an errand. Just as I pushed the door open, I heard somebody speak to my right. It scared the hell out of me and I jerked my hand back from the door, just leaving it open. There was this boy standing there. He wasn't up on the steps. He was beside them in the yard. I swear he must have come out of nowhere. He was wearing one of those hoodies with the hood pulled up. It was gray and he was wearing some jeans. The weird thing was what he said. He asked me, is it food time? (laughs) I mean, who asks a question like that? I didn't even know what to say. I just stood there trying to figure out who this kid was. I'd never seen him before, and I knew all the folks around us. Then he spoke again. It's food time. You should invite me in. I thought he was looking at the plastic bags I had and maybe saw the ribs I had in there, but it was such a strange question. I was thinking, this kid's not coming in my house. (laughs) Just then, I heard my dog barking. I could hear him running through the house towards the front door. My dog is a three-year-old pit bull that I raised from a pup. He's well-trained, and he's never once not listened to my commands. He's a great guard dog, and he won't back down from anything or anyone. I've seen this dog kill a rattlesnake before. I watched my dog turn the corner into the living room at a run. We've got wooden floors, and it was like all of a sudden the dog tried to put his brakes on. He slid across the floor (laughs) to the door and almost fell over himself, getting turned around. He went from full attack mode to scared death mode in a matter of seconds. He tucked his tail, put his head low, and ran away whining. Oh my god. I'd never seen this dog whine like that in my life, and I've never seen him act scared of anything. Seeing him act like that scared the hell out of me. I looked back at the kid, and he was looking up at me with a little smile. That's when I saw his eyes. They were solid black. No whites in that kid's eyes. Something about this creepy-looking kid had scared my dog, and now I was feeling scared myself. I got in the door as quick as I could and slammed it shut behind me. I went to the kitchen and put the the bags down. I realized that I was shaking. I don't know what it was about that kid, but it really shook me up. I went back to the front room and looked through the small slits of the blinds. I didn't see the kid anywhere. I opened the blinds a little bit more and could see the yard. There was no sign of him. I finally went back to the front door and had a look around the house, but there was no sign of the boy with black eyes. When I went back in the house, my wife wanted to know what was wrong with the dog because he was hiding under the bed. I tried for some time to get him out. But all he would do was whine. I finally had to drag him out, but he went right back under there. The next several days and nights, that dog stayed mostly under the bed. He'd go outside when he needed to, but only through the back door. Chuck reports it took a few weeks for his dog's behavior to return to normal. In a recent communication, he told me he felt his dog had never fully recovered from whatever frightened him. On a personal level, he feels haunted by the the encounter with the strange black-eyed boy, He has no explanation as to why he and his dog sense such fear from just seeing or sensing a teenage boy. 
Chuck estimates the kid was about 14 years old. He soon asked his neighbors if they noticed any strangers in the area, but no one had seen anything. Chuck's heart yard is open and clear. He puzzles by the fact that there was nothing for the child to hide behind near the door as the nearest tree is at the front of the property. There's nothing there, he reports, not even a railing or anything at all to block my view of the front of the house as I walk to it. Yet somehow the boy just suddenly appeared. Canines can, of course, sense fear in people and other animals. In this case, the dog seems to have sensed the opposite, an impending danger for some, from something that apparently terrified it. This reaction is especially curious when considering that many of those who encounter the black-eyed children claim they felt as if they were looked over by a predator. Chuck was unable to determine how close his dog got to the BK before its fear reaction kicked in. It all happened so quick, he states. I know it must have been sometime around the front door because that's when I saw him, the dog, try to stop his run. Perhaps the animal was acting appropriately in the face of something more powerful than it was. Than it was. Despite the dog's training, it could not overcome the fear it experienced and the overwhelming energy projected by the black-eyed child. The encounter is fascinating and, like many things paranormal, leaves more questions hanging in the air than it answers. I hope more encounters with BEK and animals will surface, offering up further insight from the animal kingdom to help determine the nature of these strange beings. That is creepy. That is crazy. I'm kind of, that makes me wonder if the like the BKs are projecting themselves to us and the dog saw what it actually looked like. Ooh, maybe. Because it didn't do that until it saw it, right? So it got I, next to the front door as soon as he saw it. I got the impression that because the guy said that the the kid was to the side of the steps. Yeah. So I got the impression that the dog didn't actually see it. Oh. Like it felt it or oh. something. Once know. it got past a certain point. Yeah. By the front door. That's creepy. That's very creepy. Okay. I have things that people can't explain that they saw that really shook them up. Cool. In my early 20s, I was home alone. I woke up to my cell phone ringing, but I missed the call. The number was from my landline home number. I got up and found the cordless phone on the kitchen counter. I looked everywhere, but no one was in the house, and the doors were all locked. That's creepy. That is creepy. Who called from their landline? I don't like it. I don't either. When I was 18 years old, I was driving home from a friend's house with another friend. We were on the highway and made this trip often. It's a big highway between two towns, so just fields on either side. Something on two legs ran alongside my car. I saw it in the rearview mirror and out my side window. It was not a kangaroo, it was human-like, had long arms and obviously extremely fast. My friend saw it too, and then it just went off the road and back into the grass. Neither of us could explain it. That is creepy. I don't like those stories. No. They always say that those are skinwalkers, but I don't know. I think people have a a thing now where everything is a skinwalker. Yeah, that's like a thing. Yeah, so it's like, eh, I don't know what it was, but... Uh, I was 13 at the time and was about to go to bed. I was brushing my teeth in front of my bedroom window, staring into the dark, when I suddenly heard someone screaming outside. I stopped brushing so I could hear it better. Someone was screaming out my name. I sort of froze and kept listening. More voices joined, all screaming my name and laughing loudly. Ah. It was like a kind of audience at a sports game. It went on for about five minutes. When it stopped, I, in shock, went downstairs to my parents and asked them if they heard anything. It was impossible not to hear, as it was very loud. They hadn't heard anything. I assume I was. it was some sort of hallucination. I still feel weird when I'm alone in my room at night. That's weird. That is weird. That's creepy. And it's like, if someone's brain is, like, doing this, why? Yeah. Like, what is that? And just to add, for no apparent reason. Yeah. Weird. Like, they were just brushing their freaking teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I would flip out. Yeah. 
I was walking on a trail on South Mountain in Phoenix when a guy appeared out of the side of the mountain with a lab coat and a briefcase. Just calmly walked towards the parking lot. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's weird. I was standing on a seaside walkway with a bunch of other people watching the sunset. A red orb came speeding down the coastline like 150 meter altitude. I didn't think much of it until it instantly stopped and speeded back the way it came until it was out of sight. No noise, too low for a plane or helicopter, and it wasn't a flare because it was flying too fast. It stopped instantly and then flew back the way it came. Several people saw it, but this was before mobile phones with cameras were a mainstream thing. Sounds like it was going too fast for anyone to catch it anyway. Yeah. Unless they were already videoing the... Oh, the sunset? The sunset, yeah. yeah. One night after... One night, years after high school, I had gotten married. I had a vivid, very sad dream about the first boyfriend I ever really loved. We were 15 and 16, broke up about three years later because he was really into drugs. I had this dream maybe nine years after that. I dreamed I was walking down a crowded sidewalk in some big city and I bumped into him going the direction I just came from. He was crying and asked me for help. I can't remember if the dream changed then or I woke up, but it was just a little snippet of seeing his face, but it was so clear. I still remember how beautiful his blue eyes looked. I don't know why I waited a couple more years to call his mother and ask about him. One day when I recalled that dream for some reason, but I did call her. Turns out that he had died in a freak accident around the time I had that dream. He had a car in his garage that he was working on. He had climbed on the hood for some reason to do something. It fell and broke his neck. It was fatal. Now I'm always sad and a little creeped out every time I think about that dream. Probably always will be. Yep. Yeah, that's creepy. I used to be a home health aide for a disabled and elderly. I stayed overnights to help them get up, use the restroom, change, clean them, etc. I used to take care of a man named Mr. M. We kept a a large clock alarm that chimed every hour. Every two hours, we'd roll Mr. M over and change his pads. We recorded everything that happened in a notebook by the clock. It was a usual day until around 2 a.m. I heard the chimes ring twice, wrote down that I was going in, then went in. Wrote what I did, I changed his pads, wrote the time, I got done, then went back to the kitchen where I sat every night having my laptop set up to pass the time. About 15 minutes pass, I hear the clock chime again, four times. I look at my computer thinking the clock was wrong, but no, it was 4 a.m. I look at the notes, no new notes. I write I'm going in and go to change Mr. M's pads. I walk in and he looks at me and asks, weren't you just in here? I said, yeah, then went to change his pads. They were dry, which is a rarity. I still have no idea what happened to those two hours. It was like two hours passed in 15 minutes, and three was skipped completely. I was watching a YouTube series at the time, and my video would have ended in that two hours. I have no idea what happened. Hmm. That's creepy. I live outside city limits. There are very few houses near my home and many tall bushes and trees around my house. There is a small mountain at some distance. The nights are very quiet and there's no street lights, so after dark the only lights are the lights from my house and moonlight. There are two trees a little far from my house that are standing close to one another. One night while I was outside, my house was a flashlight, with a flashlight, doing something, I realized there was only one of those trees. I looked around that tree with my flashlight, but there was no sign of the other tree, like it never existed. The next day, I went there during the daytime to see exactly what happened to the other tree, and they were both there just like I remembered. I looked around them, even climbed onto them to see if anything strange, but nothing was out of the ordinary. (laughs) That's weird. That is weird. Next one. As a kid on rainy days, I would grab my umbrella and jacket and play around in the rain, collecting raindrops. When I was about 11, I was playing outside in my front yard one day, Decided to go onto the sidewalk to catch a bit more rain. I then looked into the street. It was a foggy, rainy day, but I could have swore I saw someone who looked exactly like me. 
Being a kid, I panicked, ran inside for the rest of the day. But I was still an idiot, so I never told anyone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and my last one. Shortly after my mother passed away, I was going through and organizing her belongings in her room. I was talking out loud as if I was talking to her. There were some boxes with family photo albums I'd been looking for that I hadn't been able to find, and it was really worrying me. I was sitting on the floor and said out loud, Where did you leave those albums, Mom? Very slowly, her closet door opened on its own, a slow creaking movement from nearly totally closed to halfway open. I was as terrified as I've ever been in my life. I froze and didn't move, but I looked exactly eye level and there were cardboard boxes labeled albums in my mother's handwriting on the lower shelf of the closet. I'm not a religious or even spiritual person, but I thought that there might be some imbalance in the hanging of the closet door. I went back to the door many times and tested it by wiggling it back and forth and leaving it in different positions, but it's never moved that way since. Weird. That is weird. She totally... You asked, though. Yeah. <laughs> Careful what you asked for. Exactly. It was time for the witty wrap-up. Yay, witty wrap-up! did funny tweets. My two-year-old demanded a skateboard song at bedtime. I don't know how he knows what a skateboard is. And I told him I did not know a skateboard song, but he insisted, and so I sang Skater Boy, and he went straight to sleep. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) No one laughs or even smiles anymore when I sing, Lord, I was born a scrambling man, every time I make eggs, but that's the dad life, baby. (laughs) Not to brag, but my daughter ate the fruit I packed in her lunch today. And it shows a picture of a whole apple with one little bitty bite out of it. <laughs> oh my god. So proud. <laughs> Being a parent to a toddler is messing with my vocab. Told someone that I was sorry I was late because I got stuck waiting on a choo-choo train to pass. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. It's not your fault. That's great. <laughs> saw a momfluencer post where she talked about how she had a living room family not a bedroom family because everyone felt happy and safe together in the living room and didn't feel the need to isolate themselves in their bedrooms her kids were two years old and baby (laughs) yeah you wait a few years honey (laughs) yeah really you will never see those kids (laughs) Caught my five-year-old sneaking around after bedtime, carrying a set of two-pound dumbbells back to her room. Me, uh, hey kid, what you doing? Five-year-old, dad, I need strength for the night. (laughs) (laughs) My six-year-old got home from school and crawled into bed with a tube of Pringles, so I guess it was a rough day in kindergarten. Sounds like something I would do. I had to come, I had come to expect that my sons would eventually start calling me bruh. I did not anticipate that I would be calling them bruh in return. (laughs) With both parents in the hospital, the second most asked question I get after how are they is... How is your husband doing with the kids when you're gone all the time? I'm going to start telling people he was unable to handle them, so he sold them to the circus. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Toddler crying. Daddy, my chocolate ran away. Me, oh no, where did it go? Toddler points in his mouth. (laughs) It ran away, I don't know. (laughs) Please keep my 10-year-old in your thoughts and prayers this morning. He has to take a shower, and it has ruined his life's plans. (laughs) My five-year-old, I'm going to tell you a story about a dragon and lettuce. Me, after ten minutes of story. Let's wrap it up, babe. Five-year-old. And then everyone died. Me, that'll work. (laughs) The end, yay. (laughs) 
I had to print out directions to take my kid to an appointment today because of the cell service outage, and suddenly I'm in high school again, driving my 93 Camry while blasting Green Day. (laughs) Have you ever done that? Like, found yourself in a situation that you would have been in, like, in your 20s, and you're like, what the fuck is happening? I don't think so. (laughs) Me. You were born via C-section. Seven-year-old. What's that mean? Me. It means they cut my stomach and pulled you out. Seven-year-old. Oh, I thought they pulled me out of your butthole. (laughs) Oh, my God. If that was a (laughs) C-section, that would be awful. My two-year-old woke up, said she was hungry, ate a sandwich, and went right back to sleep. All right. Good kid. (laughs) 45 minutes into Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, seven-year-old, how does he still have a job? (laughs) (laughs) Math tests should involve more real-world problems, like someone waking you screaming in your face while you calculate if 36 to 47 pounds... Four-year-old, four to five-year-old, take 1.5 teaspoons every six to eight hours. Do not exceed four in 24 hours. But they are 34 pounds and six to seven-year-old, and you can't find the measuring cup. Oh, my God. Just give them some and shut up. (laughs) Once I finished assembling the bookshelf, my seven-year-old said, Great job. Give your shelf a pat on the back. Now she's the world's best dad. My toddler gave a warm welcome to my husband's twin brother this weekend, and by warm welcome, I mean he called him daddy. (laughs) That would be so confusing. Oh my gosh, it would. There's an ambulance outside as we walk into a store, and when my husband says that someone must be sick or hurt, my seven-year-old loudly proclaims, but why would they bring them to Walmart? (laughs) (laughs) It's a great question. It is a good question. (laughs) My kids keep losing all the forks and spoons, so now we have no choice but to eat with butter knives. (laughs) And my last one, three-year-old, I hit you in the head with the shovel. Me, um, no thank you. Three-year-old, it's okay, I'll be gentle. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all I got. All right, thank you so much for listening. Send in your stories, we need them. Ghoulsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. You can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. And we will talk to you next week. Later. Bye.